What's up, what's up, bitches? Welcome back to another episode with Indigo of Positively Uncensored. I'm super excited to be joined by a special guest once again so that we can dive further into the ultimatum because a lot has happened since our last recording that we just want to talk about. So thank you for taking the time and welcome back. Yeah. Hey, y'all. I am back. I'm not going to do a whole plug this time. Just go listen to the previous episode if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, I, I we we're just talking about how it's important that we do this follow up um, in case you what prompted this was that in case you haven't seen on YouTube, uh, Tiff from The Ultimatum released a long video about a half hour sharing their perspective of things and their experience with the relationship with Mildred and with the reunion. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to also talk about more points on mental health and counseling and how it's impacting all the relationships in the show. Absolutely. It's almost like we had a lot to say and we did our best to try to wrap things up. But in light of Tiff's video, in light of more information, it would just be sort of irresponsible to leave things as they were and not add some perspective, especially for me. There, it feels like there's a lot I want to clarify in terms of how I felt initially watching and then how I felt after hearing Tiff's perspective, all of the information laid out in such a factual manner. Um, that was great execution by Tiff, you know, in terms of having all of the information out there. I, I, I could never have remained so calm and delivered all of mm -hmm. the essential points. Um, not saying that they should have had to be that way for the information to be received, but it made it very easy to understand what was truly happening. And it made me rewatch the reunion and I feel differently having watched it. Did you by chance go back and relook at it as well? I hadn't rewatched it, but the chaos of it all is still burned in my mind. That's yes. how bad it was. Agreed. And it, it's it's crazy because rewatching it, especially in terms of Mildred and Tiff's relationship, it was so triggering after I understood what was happening to to sit there and uh, you know realize what Tiff was dealing with in that present moment and to see Sam step away and go and comfort Tiff that to me mm -hmm. it felt like Sam was a little privy into the knowledge too like i think that they they shared a lot with each other in their times as um partners in the experiment and i think Sam was very sympathetic and aware of the harm that was you know happening yeah, it makes me wish that we saw more of them together as a pairing because we only saw, you know, some tidbits of them hanging out. We saw that argument about the dog in the beginning, but we didn't see a lot of on-camera time of them just like opening up about their personal relationships and how this current one was helping Sam find her voice and helping Tiff feel like they don't have to always go into fight or flight mode. To, to be heard in any kind of disagreement. So yeah, editing on Netflix needs to be so much better. We don't want to just see the drama because I know it's reality TV, but people also want to see growth and healthy dynamics too. And it makes me wonder, I don't know the timeline of things and when the reunion was shot in relation to the show, but it makes me wonder 
because of the sufficient background that they do into these contestants, thorough psychological examinations, thorough FBI grade background checks, Mm -hmm. thorough vetting. What did they know prior that they allowed to happen? And on top of that, if they were privy to the information that there was an abusive relationship occurring and that Tiff was the victim in abuse to edit her the way that they did. It was so irresponsible because you look at the series and there are moments where you see the lens I had in the prior episode where it was like, I'm not sure if Tiff prioritizes partnership or if Tiff prioritizes Shiloh right now, you know, Mm -hmm. like you, you couldn't really tell, um, nor could you tell the basis of Tiff's reactions. Like we didn't have that information or that prior history that they did as producers to say Tiff has a lot of prior trauma. And if we Mm -hmm. put Tiff in this experiment, we need to provide better counseling. Yeah. I think from what I know, it was about a year, year and a half between the end of filming to the reunion. So that's plenty of time for Netflix to keep tabs on their people. And in Tiff's video, they said that they gave production a copy of the police report that they were talking about during the reunion and even had said, like, I'm giving you this report, but I don't want to bring it up because of protecting Mildred and protecting her son. Um, but just so you all have this information, but I don't want to bring it up. And so it still ended up happening. Mildred ended up going on her whole tangent and not giving any room for Tiff to speak and to find out that that whole back and not even a back and forth, just that berating on Mildred's point was 15 minutes long and they had to edit it down to five minutes and it was still that bad. That's new to me. That that piece of information that you just said, for some reason, if it was revealed in Tiff's video, it didn't click because there was so much to process that was yeah. occupying my brain. I had written down in my notes, it was six minutes and it felt like a lifetime. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was painful. Nobody could interrupt. Um, and I, And I feel like Maybe I'm just being like a wishful thinker, but it's at times like that. I also wish we had a better host because who are you to sit there and not intervene? For me, even in public settings, if a couple has a disagreement that is that volatile in front of me, I feel compelled to say something because what happens when you go home or what happens outside of this that I'm just watching? So it's at least the host's responsibility. I understand the cast not wanting to be pulled into it because they may have some inkling as to what's been going on as well because they're in contact. But the host mm-hmm. should have stopped Mildred because it was just terrible. It was so it felt like everything that didn't need to be brought up was. Yeah, it should have been like we're going to cut this right here. Cause it's not like live, you know, Netflix learned their lesson with love is blind and not do something <laughs> live. Um, but she could have been like, okay, we're going to take a break here. Everybody go to a different space and cool off. They have to have dressing rooms. They have to have some sort of backstage private area where they can go just to cool off. And I remember a lot of people online, especially on Twitter, talking about how unfair it was that Mildred was allowed to stay after Tiff left. 
Um, and, you know, continue to, to speak her piece while Tiff is, you know, having a breakdown um, after being gaslit on national TV for the whole world to see. It was just really, really inappropriate and sensitive. And it's it's shocking to me that how I feel right now that the reason Netflix didn't edit out that part further and allowed this to happen is because they truly didn't view it as abuse. And that to me is what's Mm -hmm. most shocking. Like they shouldn't have been in the same room that we shouldn't have seen the details of fake, um, you know, smearing of Tiff's name for no reason. We shouldn't have seen all of that. And because they had access to the police report, Mildred just shouldn't have been there. And there should have been a trigger warning. They couldn't even acknowledge that it was an abusive situation Mm -hmm. to inform viewers what you're about to see is a representation of, of, of an abusive relationship, but they couldn't add that, that warning because they wouldn't even acknowledge it. And that to me, I I don't, I know that I'm, you know, pulling pieces, but you said love is blind. And I instantly just think of Matt who we don't know is abusive, but I see a character like him and I'm like, really, really nobody thinks that something's happening behind closed doors, but just no one's saying anything. I don't get it. I don't get the vetting process. Yeah, there could have at least been a trigger warning. And it really shows just how domestic violence and queer relationships isn't taken seriously. How domestic violence towards masculine people isn't taken seriously. Because if it was a straight relationship between a cis man and woman, and the woman was the abuser, you know, people would have been telling the man to just like, man up, you know, you're a guy, you don't have to worry about it. And so with, yeah, yeah, Tiff's situation being a mask-presenting person, uh, them being the victim isn't seen, wasn't seen as valid by Netflix. And that if the roles were reversed and Tiff was the one that was genuinely being abusive, they probably wouldn't have been been allowed on the show as the mask person. Um, Absolutely. That's a really good point. It's really messed up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really messed up. And there was the fact that there was no trigger warning, the fact that it was let on to go so long. It's just heartbreaking that Netflix just saw it as more entertainment and more. And it probably, unfortunately, with all the social media craze that it got, it probably also got them a lot of money just from that episode of people tuning in to watch what people were talking about. That's so true. And also it probably regressed Aussie in a sense to be partnered with Mildred. Aussie's already highly avoidant of issues and confrontation as a whole. So then to be partnered with Mildred, you know, who presents herself as someone who is vocal and, you know, honest and open, but is really, mm, violent you know what I mean verbally abusive um I don't know Mildred occupies so much space and while part of me empathizes with Mildred for having a childhood where she was clearly unable to take up space and she was unable to have a voice and she is overcompensating for that in adulthood to the point where it's presenting itself as abusive I empathize with that but at the same time it's evident that Mildred hasn't gone through therapy not through Mm -hmm. extensive therapy to do anything to have been selected for this show. And it's sad that Tiff prior to this show 
could have still been in a longer relationship with Mildred and broken up 50 more times. Yeah. It's like, imagine if they hadn't come on, Mm -hmm. you know, and in a bittersweet way, this gave Tiff the platform to share their experience uh, with the, the outcry that happened after the reunion was released. And yeah, with Ozzy bringing up how Mildred's behavior at the reunion brought them back to that place of fear just shows that Mildred really has this pattern of behavior. And that if I can, I completely understand having abandonment issues and having partners in the past that have left you for whatever reasons, you know, I feel like it's safe to assume that she has been unhealthy, had unhealthy habits in past relationships before Tiff, but it's just like, at a certain point, you need to look at yourself and be like, what am I contributing to this relationship that is causing them to decline and all of these people to leave me? And why am I so okay with staying in this relationship with Tiff? Because that's, I'm going to go on a little tangent here. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> it's just like, um, I don't understand why Mildred thought that it was okay to stay in such an unhealthy relationship and continue to subject Tiff, continue to subject herself and continue to subject her child to this whole situation and think that that was okay and to keep having that power. Because if you watch the reunion and if you watch Mildred's videos on social media and Tiff's video on YouTube, Mildred very uh, warranted and she's allowed to keep bringing up her son. And like, I'm thinking about my son. Tiff said all these things about my son. Uh, They're not having a good relationship. You know, my son, my son, my son. But she kept keep she kept him in that situation. She's the one that brought it into a violent scenario. Um, if you're getting arrested and you're so worried about your son being taken from you, maybe don't get arrested in the first place and leave that relationship to a stable situation. Tangent over. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, there could be a follow-up thought. I agree with absolutely everything you say. And the problem with what Mildred didn't include is that Tiff struggled to have a relationship with Mildred's son because of the abuse that Tiff suffered in front of Mildred's son, that then her son was unable to have normal feelings. First of all, her son is experiencing shame for being even in the room while Tiff is being abused. Second of all, the son is feeling unsure if Tiff is dangerous because of the level that Mildred is escalating things. So there's this constant back and forth. And Tiff tried to spare Mildred by not bringing that up. And you can see it in Tiff's eyes, the the wanting to the willingness to hold it back and all the pain just right behind it. And for Mm -hmm. Mildred to shut down Tiff's attempt at keeping things civil, which was my dog Shiloh was very sick to let's see the receipts. What days was he sick? Because you never should have texted my sister. We, you were never supposed to be back in our lives. That immediate hostility and, you know, disvalidation just kind of speaks volumes about their relationship to me. Um, And, you know, 
I don't think Mildred ever took what Tiff was saying seriously. Cue the 50 times that, that, you know, Tiff may say, I'm done with this. I'm walking away and trying to bring Tiff back. Yeah, that, that's absolutely how it'll be. That is where somebody who's abusive, especially emotionally, will keep reeling you back in because it's fun for them to see how much power they have over somebody. Um, and back about Tiff's dog and texting Mildred's sister, uh, you don't know what kind of relationship they have with each other. There's plenty of stories where family and your partner will get really close. And even if y'all break up, they might still have be on some sort of good page. I've had years ago an ex's mom text me happy holidays out of nowhere, <laughs> even though we had been broken up. So it's just like at that point, I guess Tiff was just like, maybe they had a really, really good relationship with Mildred's sister. Maybe Mildred's family is aware of her unhealthy behavior and sort of became an outlet for Tiff to open up about these kinds of things. So it's just like, Mildred, you got to calm down. Like that, and that's, that's not even, about you. And you're so right. Like you're making me think like that's even further the sign of power imbalance that Tiff referenced because Mildred, first of all, held the power in terms of seeing each other, getting back together, uh, and, you know, involvement with Tiff's son. But she also tried to take away Tiff's relationship with Mildred's family like you just said, if they were a support system for Tiff during all of this, and then Mildred says, well, now you can't text my sister either. Now you have no one. Now it's sort of like trying to get that power back. Like, well, now you have nobody without me. So now what? Like now who are you going to go to? And trying to recontrol her to forgive Mildred. Um, it was just striking to me that Mildred was so upset about Tiff walking away but what Tiff was walking away from was abuse and there was mm -hmm. no recognition of that. Yeah. And they're, they're perfectly allowed to do that just to be like, I can't do this anymore. You know, we, we got an apartment together. Tiff proved that they're both on the lease and how Mildred was like, my house, my house, my house, you're doing this in my house, but they're both on the lease. They're both covering rent. Um, I should have listened to the reunion uh, with subtitles because when they were talking about splitting the rent into two thirds, I thought that they were saying splitting it into thirds. And I was like, who's the third person in this situation? Is the child paying rent? But no, no, no. Tiff's video clarified that they were, Tiff had asked Mildred if they could split the utilities into two thirds, um, basically asking if Mildred could cover more of utilities than them because they were already covering the internet bill. Um, and Mildred on the reunion was lying about that being about the rent. And that's why Tiff was like, I never asked you to do that. Who asked you to do that? I never asked you to do that. And so with Mildred, you know, constantly berating and berating, it was very obvious why Tiff got confused. So last episode, I was right where I was like, Tiff, probably said that they couldn't remember the reason why the argument started because Mildred is always starting something. You were right. You absolutely called that because after a while you'd get desensitized and lost as to which argument was it. You know what I mean? When someone is always arguing with you, that's a really good point.
do you have anything else to say on the topic of them? Because the only thing that I have left to say about Mildred and Tiff's relationship is I think that I give props to Netflix for having a queer dating show and for Mm -hmm. being inclusive um, and, you know, having representation. But at the same time, it comes across a little bit performative if they don't accept the fact that abuse can happen in queer relationships. And I think that people who are straight have such a skewed lens of, well, it's two men fighting. You know what I mean? If you're just looking at Mm -hmm. it as a straight, uneducated person, or it's two women fighting, so they're fine. You know what I mean? Like in society, I would let two men fight. Sucks for you guys, you'll get over it. That's not it. It's your partner. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's very different. Once it becomes a domestic partnership and relationship, there's different standards. And not to mention, if you are around people whose friends are fighting all of the time, those are terrible people. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it comes across as if they, they don't know that. You know, like to not to be aware that there can be something happening between a relationship, it, it, they just need to be more educated by next season or something to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it absolutely was performative because, yeah, it was queer love, but they had a cis straight white woman hosting it they didn't include anybody's pronouns um yes i think it's uh yeah just like insensitive how everybody was just using she with each other and i wonder if production just asked them to do that in private you know like oh we got to make it easier for our audiences just use these pronouns for each other um But my last point about Mildred and Tiff's situation, which is definitely more of a general statement that's geared towards Mildred, but it's just anybody can benefit from it, is the importance of realizing that there's no perfect relationship and that relationships are going to have ups and downs. It's not going to be 50, 50 all the time. And you kind of, you got to accept that, you know, there's going to be a time where you're you're only out of 20, whether it's financially you're out of 20, you're on hard times, your mental health is out of 20, and then your partner's at an 80, or your partner's at a 20, and you're at an 80, or whatever situation. But if you really love that person, if you really want to get married to that person, you have to be accommodating towards those, especially if you feel like your partner would be accommodating towards you as well. It needs to be a balance back and forth. And people don't really seem to understand that, especially with all the think pieces I see on Twitter and Facebook and stuff about rent and everything like that. Yes. And then um, it makes me think about how thinking about like couples therapy and counseling, I had seen this video some years ago. I don't remember from where that was talking about how more couples should get into couples therapy in the beginning of the relationship especially if you don't have a long history with each other, because then you're learning how to ebb and flow with each other. You're learning how to um, mediate conflict and how to resolve conflict um, rather than waiting until shit hits the fan and you're just paying this third party to convince you to not break up. A hundred percent. Our society has such a stigma that's getting better 
but it used to be like, what are you in therapy for? Or when you're a kid and you have a friend that goes to therapy and that, you know, like you'll see it in movies all the time. Like, what are you here for? What are you here for? It's like when you go to the principal's office, like we're here mm-hmm. because we are alive. And because every day we are all processing new traumas and new explorations of our identity and new things from our childhood all the time. We're all complex beings. And from that lens, I have empathy for everyone that they can change, but the empathy stops if you're unwilling. And if you don't think Mm -hmm. that you're a problem. And I would also say if you're someone who has abusive tendencies, or if you're someone who's been doing wrong in your relationship, you don't need to keep fulfilling that behavior just because it's what you're used to, nor are you always doomed. You know what I mean? Like you don't just have to continue being a bad person. Therapy truly is healing, taking time to yourself to figure out why abusing someone or minimizing them makes you feel better is powerful. So I would say that to people too. Yeah, I completely agree. I wanted to ask you, changing couples before we end briefly, there's two things I wanted to follow up on. What did you think about Lexi saying towards the end of the reunion that if things had not worked out with Ray, it would have still been worth all of it to just know Mal? Was that comment not slightly offensive? I don't know if it's because I I just have like a slightly jealous personality, but if I'm sitting there and, you know, my partner says, even after we work out, you know, things are good path is marriage, you know, even if me and Leah didn't work out and if we weren't about to get married, I would be happy to do it just because I met so-and-so like I, I would be hurt by that. And it's also hypocritical because Ray could never express herself that way. If let, let Ray say that the experience was worth it to meet Vanessa, even if it's just because Vanessa had taught her something about herself, Lexi would have unraveled. Yeah, like Lexi would have broken up with Ray on the spot if Ray had said something like that. And I think flipping it back to to Lexi saying that about Mal, I think it if I was in that situation, it would have made me uncomfortable less about the point of, oh, it would have been worth it to meet Mal and go through that experience because Mal was an amazing individual and I feel like anybody can learn from them. But it was the part of like, well, if we hadn't worked out, oh, if we don't work out, it's like, why are you even thinking? Yeah. About that? And I think <laughs> I think that's me also being a jealous person. Yeah. Just like, also, jealousy is not a bad thing. It's a completely natural thing. It's just what matters is what you do with it. Side note. Thank but you yeah, for I saying think it was that. Just that. Yeah. <laughs> it's our ego a little um, bit. It's like, what's, it you know, what you what you wouldn't want to be with me like what's the what like what's the what if we weren't together <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's like we're even thinking about that agreed my second thing was I want to see a follow-up of Ozzy and Sam's path towards marriage I wonder where they're at with that and telling Ozzy's family yeah I would love to see that too now that the show is out of just what do they think? And it's good to know that Aussie's brother is on Aussie's side and is very obviously supportive. And he seems like the type to where he would never, you know, out Aussie. He would go at Aussie's pace for whatever information they wanted to reveal and always have Aussie's back. 
but yeah, I'm just, I'm really hoping that it goes smoothly. I'm really hoping that at least that they attend the wedding because that would be if they hold it in Australia, at least that they attend the wedding and, you know, support their children, support their future daughter-in-law. Um, and just to be present, even if it's just for the sake of traditionalism, just to have them there. And it seemed like Aussie must share about their family with Sam from the aspect that when walking to the proposal, um, Sam was recognizing family, um, like animals, you know what I mean? Like representations of the family. So I like that Sam is just so accepting of Aussie's entire persona, her entire life, exactly the situation that Ozzy's in right now. And there's no um, shame. You know what I mean? Like Sam doesn't make Aussie feel shamed. And I don't think Sam made Tiff feel shame either. And that's Mm -hmm. a really beautiful thing. Yeah. I, but on the other hand, I also hope that Sam really rides that wave of keeping a voice for herself and not playing therapist for everybody that comes into her life, because that is so much emotional labor that you don't need to keep holding on throughout your whole marriage. So I'm really, really hoping, really, really hoping and praying to the gods above that Aussie is doing what it takes to take care of themselves and heal the trauma they have and figure out how they can support Sam in return. Because I wonder what it takes to really piss Sam off and how does she, how is she like when she shuts down from a disagreement and how is Aussie going to be able to support that? That's interesting because at the, from, from what we know of the relationship now, before um, potential healing and seeing a therapist just to even get over the situation of being on the show. I don't think Aussie has space for that. And I think Sam knows that. And I think that that was the hesitancy with a speaking um, about things that were bothering Sam a lot. So I agree with you. I hope that Sam rides that wave, but I also think that she's more likely to, because I think Aussie will be, going into mm-hmm. therapy and you know just a quick small plug i've been talking to aussie and i've been talking to sam and they're going to come on my podcast i'm going to talk with both of them i haven't worked out a date specifically but send me the questions you have because although i have a hundred of my own i want to know what other people want to know um i specifically want to ask about mental health and like what's happened since filming um Anything that you can think of off the top of your head? Um, yeah, mental health. Uh, I don't know, really just mental health. Because they, like I had said before, they are such an amazing couple together that it breaks my heart that they have this kind of conflict. Um, like, if not for that, I don't, like, I feel like they would be golden. As, like, as soon as they, not not get over the hurdle. I feel like that's bordering and sensitive but you know progress through this and grow together as a couple because I feel like they will just come out even stronger on the other side but if I have any questions I'll send them to you definitely definitely do if anybody listening has any questions send them to me let's end with what show we want to see Netflix do next or what what queer show do you want to see produced do you have anything that you're just like why isn't this out yet? 
I want to see Love is Blind, but like pansexual, where it's free reign with everybody. That's what I want to see. But like genuine, good hosting. The Lachey's need to be crucified. They should never be allowed back on Netflix. Oh my God. Find a new host for that. But just like a show where everybody can just meet everybody and just see how the matches get together. That would, I would watch that. And it kind I did see one season of a show I liked and I forget the name of it. I think it was maybe, are you the one where that was sort of the vibe that was going on? Um, couples would find out who they were supposed to be matched with based on personality tests before. Um, and like, once you're with the right person, like a light of a beam of light would like light up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I think it would be, you'd have to have such a good casting process to make sure people are truly open to that. Um, because otherwise it's kind of like when they cast, at least it feels this way to me and to, to my friends, when we watch stuff together, when they cast like a couple of black women, like they did on, um, Oh God, that, that show that was just terrible. That was recently, but, but basically they're, they bring them out and they're implying that only other black men will like them. You know what I'm thinking of, right? What you're talking about. It's like kind of like the Avengers of all the different dating shows. They brought them all together. That is exactly exactly it. And I was like, they, they matched them with only other black men. And it was just like, no, these people are like, nobody was really open to exploring. Like you already knew who such and such was going to pick just looking at them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. farmer Johnson's picking the blonde girl and everybody else, whatever. I don't want to see that. I want to see everybody who's truly open. That's what I'd want to see. Yeah. I also want to see these kinds of shows with older contestants too. I would love that. What's the age that you're thinking? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like 40s. Right. Just that real good, like 40s, 50s, maybe, maybe even like late 30s. Well, no, we have late 30s. So yeah, 40s, 50s. I want to see what that's like. I want to see all of it. Like I said, I'm dying to see a season of just mainstream two bachelor, bachelorette. That's that's a gay bachelor. Um, that's like a lesbian bachelorette. Like I want to see that first and then I want to see more stuff after it. That's even more open and receptive, but like we've had former bachelors and bachelorettes that finish their season and they come out and it's like, why did they have to repress their sexuality this whole time? We could have had a whole season just for them. Yeah. Wasn't there a bachelorette or bachelor in East Asia like last year where two contestants that were women actually loved each other over the guy and got together after the show. I feel like that happened. Wow. I'll send it to you after the, yeah, after do the it. podcast. That's tea. Um, I know that, you know, Becca Tilly is with someone who's in um, like Haley something Haley. She's like a famous musician. Like they're like they're together. And it was like this big controversy that like Becca Tilly, the bachelorette, like after she did her season with all these straight men, just like drooling over her a year later, we're like, Woo, go Becca. Fuck you. <laughs> patriarchy. Fuck you. Bachelor. Love it. Love, Love it. it. Well, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope that this episode just kind of wrapped up ultimatum for everybody. I hope it was a fun listen and make sure to follow Indigo on Instagram. Just a quick plug. I think it's 
just look, look, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to me, Positively Uncensored. You're going to go to my followers list and then you're going to type in Nani Go and you're going to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Because I don't know where all mm-hmm. the periods are, but you're going to find Nani Go art and that's it. Yeah, I can share it real quick. It's N-A-N-I-G-O underscore art period underscore all lowercase. There we have it. Thank you for sharing that. And have a great day, everybody.